Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Rose Hawthorne Lathrop. The date stamped on my train ticket reads July 9th, 1926. Early this morning, Sister Josephine called long distance from Rosary Hill and told me the news. Mother Alfonso died in her sleep. And as the wheels move forward, my mind goes back over the 30 years I worked with Mother Alfonso. I never thought a woman could do so much labor. But in Mother Alfonso's lexicon... Work done for a suffering fellow being had a special definition. It was a joy, a labor of love. I was a teacher of art at the New York Institute when I first read about Rose Hawthorne Lathrop. That was her name then. And her work in the slums of the east side of New York for the poor who had inoperable cancer. I went to see her. I shall never forget 668 Water Street. Nothing I had pictured about the slums was equal to the squalor of the tenement house where Mrs. Lathrop had rented the rooms to house her patients. Uh, uh, I'd like to speak to Miss Lathrop. Uh, yes? Are you Mrs. Rose Hawthorne Lathrop? I am. I'm Alice Huber. Oh, yes. Yes, we've been expecting you. I uh, received your nice letter. We do need nursing help so much. Oh, I'm not a nurse. Well, we shall train you. Oh, <laughs> won't you sit down? Thank you. But uh, where? Oh, dear, on those pine boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please step over this wet part. Uh, I'll be 
finished in, in a moment. Your scrubbing floor? Well, they must be done. But you, the, the daughter of Nathaniel Hawthorne? I think it's good for a person, sometimes during the day, to get down on her knees. Miss Huber, we have only two conditions for admittance for our guests. If they are without means of support, and if they have incurable cancer. Catholic, Jew, white, Negro, we take them. Well, it's the same for us who do the work and the service. No distinctions. There. I finished. These, uh, these floors are a most unusual color. <laughs> I have a lifelong penchant for brightening up floors. If you think this yellow is odd, the pink floors of my home, the wayside, were the scandal of Concord. The wayside was your father's home, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. A long, long time ago when our family returned from England and Italy. I was a little girl then. My husband and I reclaimed the wayside years later when my little boy was born. Then it must bring back many happy memories. Yes, it does, although some of our happiest memories are fringed with melancholy. How thoughtless of me. Your little boy. Oh, God granted me a great and generous gift for a little while, and then... In his infinite wisdom, God took back that gracious gift. Forgive me. Oh, there's nothing to forgive. Now, we must talk of other things. Our guests here are the poorest and most destitute of human creatures. And the first thing we try to do is dispel their feeling of utter abandonment. We tend their poor bodies until God, in his infinite mercy, takes them. Miss Huber... Once the moment of decision comes and you make up your mind to serve, there is no greater joy, no higher reward. Oh, well, really, Mrs. Lathrop, I, I only came to offer my help for one afternoon a week. Oh, well, Miss Huber, we'll accept whatever help you give us. Oh, come, follow me. Uh, perhaps you're not ready to commit yourself. You'll know when the moment comes. In here, please. Mrs. Watson? It's time to change your dressing. God bless you, dear. <laughs> oh, this is Alice Huber, who's come to see about working with us. Oh, an angel of mercy, y'all. That's come to help Mrs. Lathrop and us. It warms my heart to look at your pretty face. And remember that God gave me the same beautiful face when I was young. Uh-uh, hold still, Mrs. Watson. Oh, Miss Huber, hand me that jar of ointment. Uh, ointment? Yes, that small white jar. Uh, Miss Huber, are you ill? Oh, no, I'm... I'm all right. All right, now watch me. It's really quite simple. Is it? Uh, Mrs. Lathrop, I don't think I oh, can... Miss Huber, please. You know, it scarcely needs the same degree of skill you teach your students. Um, how many students do you have? It varies from class to class. Uh-huh. Well, you're quite young to be a teacher. You must be very talented. That's very kind of you. Dear God. Oh, what is it? You're putting the ointment directly on the sword. Why, of course. It's your fingers. Do you think I'm being contaminated? Aren't you? Oh, a groundless superstition. The truth is, you simply cannot pass on cancer by touch. Not even when you touch your fingers to the open wound on her face? No, no, no. Oh, I I'm sorry, Mrs. Wall. Sure, that's all right. It's the will of God. And it's the touch of an angel Mrs. Lathrop has given me all the time. 
since I came to her in our first little home on Scammell Street. <laughs> it was all I could afford before I begged for public funds. Beg? We rely on God's grace and the generous hearts of people. That's how we managed to move into these larger quarters. Oh, but this place is so small and, and overcrowded. Well, compared to Scammell Street, this is a palace. Though it's a palace without chairs. <laughs> Isn't that so, Mrs. Watson? <laughs> it's heaven, I know it is. Because God is where you are, Mrs. Lathrop. Oh, oh, Miss Fitz. Come on, I'll massage them for you. And then we'll get a basin and soak them in nice, warm water. Mrs. Lathrop, I'm afraid I'll have to say no to working here with you. I simply couldn't nurse these patients. Any woman can be a nurse. If she chooses. But, but doing all this you do and expect others to do, that, that's more than ordinary nursing. Once you decide to serve God through these sufferers, you will astonish yourself with what you will do willingly. Like washing Mrs. Watson's feet. Miss Huber, Mrs. Watson doesn't have long to live. We owe her whatever can be done to make her a little bit happy. But the... Daughter of Nathaniel Hawthorne. When my father was American consul at Liverpool, we once visited a workhouse, our whole family. As we walked about, a small six-year-old waif, sick with scurvy, ragged, dirty, took a fancy to my father, following after him, tugging at him, looking up with a silent plea that he be picked up and shown some affection. As I recall it, I realize... What it meant to my father. My father was the most fastidious of men. He wrote afterwards that he felt God had promised this child it would find favor with this stranger, and he, he simply couldn't deny the child's appeal. My father picked the child up, embraced him dearly with warmth and tenderness, without the least suggestion of drawing back or the slightest hint of revulsion. For that moment, the child became a princeling, in the hands of a king. You make me feel so ashamed. Oh, nonsense. It's perfectly natural for you to be frightened. When I see the work you do here and the courage and devotion it demands of you, I, well, I, I realize your father's influence. But I, I think the main reason you started this home is... Go on, Miss Huber. I've never stopped to analyze my reasons, and I welcome any insight that you might have on the matter. I think that what gave you the impetus to dedicate yourself to this work is, is your conversion to Catholicism. It's true. When I converted to Catholicism, the idea for this home came to me as a means of fulfillment. I still can't accept that picture of your washing Mrs. Watson's feet. I look on Mrs. Watson as a sister, and I love her. Uh, Mrs. Lathrop, excuse me. Oh, yes, Mrs. Watson. Mrs. Cromarty is very sick. You better do something. I'm coming, Mrs. Watson. Will you wait here, Alice? I'd like to come with you. No, no, perhaps you'd better wait. Mrs. Cromarty is very uh, no, ill. No, I mean I want to come with you permanently. I feel my, my moment is now, and I've made my decision. Uh, go on, please. Lead the way. In all these 30 years, I never conquered my revulsion to the sickness around me. But Mrs. Lathrop never seemed to notice. She transmitted a kind of cheerful enthusiasm to the sufferers. 
She always called them guests. The hospitality she gave them was her life. Her resourcefulness was bottomless and never failed to amaze me. I answered the phone one morning. There was an urgent call from a social worker. I relayed the message to Mrs. Lathrop. A man? A British officer, a poor fellow with terminal cancer and nowhere to go. But our home is for women, didn't you tell them? I did, but they said you're his last hope. They want you to come. Oh, what can I do? Well, if you don't go, he'll be taken to the almhouse at Blackwell's Island, and he's pleading to be spared that. Give me my cloak and my veil. Come, Alice. We found him in a hovel. The poor Englishman was in pain, but he struggled to rise as he saw us enter. His hearing was impaired. His eyes watched us intently as he tried to read our lips. His lips moved, his throat strained, but no sound came. Poor man. He's trying to say something. I really don't see how we can do anything for him. Sir, take this paper and pencil and tell us what you wish to say. What does he say? Uh, please, ladies, repeat slowly all that you are saying. Tell me all, or I shall imagine the, the worst. Lie back, sir, and I'll sit here and speak straight into your ear. I'm sorry. I can tell you no less than the truth. I think you'd better let them take you to Bellevue Hospital. We can do little for you. But I must tell you, there's no doubt they will send you to Blackwell's Island. I'm, I'm sorry. I see by your medal that you were a soldier of valor. This would be a valiant act of submission to the will of God. He's writing. What does he say? Take me, please, to your hospital. I don't care how poor and humble. I want to be, I want to be under your care. Oh, merciful God, this man shall have his wish. When we returned, Mrs. Lathrop disappeared for two hours. I found her in a tenement house across the street. The end came for George Lathrop on the morning of April 19th, 1898. She received a call from Roosevelt Hospital. Late afternoon, she returned. He's gone, Alice. Oh, my dear. I'm so sorry. He died just before I reached his bedside. I didn't get there in time. My beloved George. That was my life with him, just a little less than sufficient. I failed him then. I failed him again. I... I can't believe that. Nor did he. But the blame wasn't all his. He loved me so, as I did him. But there was a void neither of us could fill. God forgive me. Before the turn of the century, we managed to acquire a new home on 426 Cherry Street. Father Swent, one of our dearest friends, proposed we become Dominican tertiaries, like St. Rose of Lima, who was not a nun, but of Dominican third order. 
Thereafter, we had permission to wear our special religious dress. We named our Cherry Street home for St. Rose of Lima. Eventually, our full name became the Congregation of St. Rose of Lima, the Servants of Relief for Incurable Cancer. I took the name Sister Rose. Mrs. Lathrop became Sister Alphonse. Soon, even our Cherry Street home was inadequate for taking care of all the men and women who sought admittance. We desperately needed more facilities. Sister Alfonso wrote hundreds of letters to old friends, hers and her father's, to the newspapers, to magazine editors. We began a novena to the Sacred Heart, asking for a new home. Sister Alfonso, I cannot believe there's the slightest hope. Perhaps so, yet I know it must come. Oh, Lord, you must give us this new house. We need it. I have nobody to look to but you, dear Lord. And again, a miracle. Again, her indomitable faith was answered when Father Coutenay of the French-Dominican La Cordes Foundation called on us. We have a large house in Westchester County. We want to sell it and think you might like to buy it. Father would love to see uh, it. Sister Alphonse. It is well suited to your needs. A little old, but very large. And beautiful grounds. Uh, but we only have a thousand dollars. Oh, that is all right, sister. Pay us when you wish. Go to see it. When would it be convenient? Uh, sister Alfonso, you're not thinking. How can sister we? Sister Rose, our answer has come. I knew it would today. After all, this is the last day of the novena. Father, this is all so breathtaking and inspiring. Let me show you the orchard. Ah. Oh, the view from here, Father, the line of trees, oaks, beech, maples, the horizon of sunlit hills, the sun and shadow on the fields. Oh, it's like a vast sanctuary of God. As we walked, I saw the look come over Sister Alphonse's lovely face, and the look said, it can be done. These three sisters, I planted them myself, and now I leave them forever. I'm assigned to China. I shall never see them again. And here is my grape arbor, and there my beehive. You must tend to them. They will serve you well as they did us. We shall have to learn many new chores. What are you thinking? I know it is beautiful, but how can we pay the bills? What a thing to say. Look there. Sources of beauty and economy. Look, Sister Rose, chickens and eggs, of course. Yes, and you'll have to learn to farm. See. Garden beds with vegetables. Good, healthful food to strengthen the body. And our greenhouses, brimming with flowers. Yes, food for the eyes and the soul, too. Just think what it will be for our old women and our old men, too, to breathe this air. Look upon the color of peach blossoms to take in this vast background of hill and sky. Oh, it makes me feel human sympathy is near and God is so close. home to care for required a superior general. She now became Mother Alfonso. I was left in charge of St. Rose's free home on Cherry Street, while Mother Alfonso stayed on at our new Rosary Hill home in Westchester. The name of the town was changed later on to Hawthorne, New York. We saw each other often and never made an important move without close consultation. Mother Alfonso! Hmm? 
Look at your fingers. These swellings, how did this happen? Oh, bee stings. Isn't it enough for you to do the gardening? And all Caroline does the chicken farming, but no one can handle the bees. (laughs) Nor can I. (laughs) But you see, each of these stings is a lesson. It won't happen again. Oh, is it worth it? Here's a beautiful jar of honey for our dinner tonight, and here's another to take back with you to St. Rose's. Come now, let me dictate our financial report. Must we advertise all our money troubles in such detail? It's a way of making the public a part of our business, our board of directors. Let each man feel a responsibility for a suffering fellow man. On December 8, 1909, we took our final vows. We also took stock of our work. Our records showed we had received 1,000 patients. Nearly all had remained with us until their death. At times, every cot was occupied. Even chairs were used as beds. Again, Mother Alfonso appealed through the newspapers. In response, Monsignor McGean of St. Peter's Church wrote that a family in his parish had offered $25,000 for a new St. Rose's home, if Mother Alfonso could raise the same amount. Isn't it a wonderful letter and a wonderful gift, Sister Rose? We must send a note of gratitude to Monsignor McGean and that generous family. Let's go look at the site of our new home. You picked a site before we have the money? Of course. It's close to the East River, a lovely expanse. But we haven't even begun to raise our half of the $50,000. Come, let us go there, and we'll bury this medal of St. Joseph there, and that will work for us. You shall see. Hello? Hello, Mr. Lazara. I can't hold the line much longer. My time will run out on this nickel. I know you're very busy, but I'm calling from the drugstore while they're filling a prescription, and I'm in a hurry. Can't you just... Can't you just jot down the information? You've done it before. Just just send the hearse at 2 o'clock, please. What? Oh, Mr. Henderson died this morning. No, we... We wouldn't rush things, but you know how overcrowded we are at St. Rose's. There's another patient waiting to take Mr. Henderson's bed... All right, but please hurry. Goodbye. Excuse me, sister. You're from the cancer home? St. Rose's Free Home on Cherry Street. My name is Cornelius Cronin. I heard you speak on the phone about the funeral arrangements. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Cronin, I must get back. Is there something we can do? I heard you say how crowded you were, and I read something about your work in the newspapers. There is something you can do. Yes. Uh, Would you mind waiting just a moment longer? Well, uh, I want to jot down a brief note to your superior general, Mother Alfonso. Will you take it to her? Very well. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Mr. Lazara promised the hearse for two o'clock, Mother Alfonso. Good. Uh, Here's the prescription. And here's a note a gentleman gave me for you. Who was it? I've never seen him before. He said his name was Cornelius Cronin. Oh, dear St. Joseph. What is it? Do you see what Mr. Cronin wrapped inside his note? A check for $25,000. In 1912, the new St. Rose's home on Jackson Street was completed. Statistics for the two homes for 16 years showed we had received as guests 1,045 peoples of all creeds and races. Still, Mother Alfonso dreamed and planned. 
A fireproof home at Rosary Hill was uppermost in her mind. It took many years. Finally, on April 24, 1924, we opened our new St. Joseph's home, as it was called, with blessings by Monsignor McIntyre. Her larger dream was for a fireproof hospital alongside St. Joseph's house. To this, she bent her aging efforts, personally going over the plans with architect, builder, contractor. And again, the letters and the appeal. I had long since stopped questioning her impossible plans. Many years ago, I asked her, What do you expect to accomplish? You're only one woman. What is there a woman with a purpose cannot accomplish? Take the ordinary female away from her committees and gossip and flattery and backbiting and give her a purpose, a conviction, and what tenacity she has. Better than most men. But what do we have to do? Give of ourselves. That's all. St. Vincent de Paul had the right idea. If ten women in every parish would devote themselves to look after destitution and acute sickness, and if each of them would try to win recruits to do the same, in a single year, New York would have no case of incurable sickness uncared for and abandoned, no children sleeping in the family bed with a consumptive. Oh, what couldn't be accomplished in a year by really consecrated women. Where does one find ten such dedicated women? There was only one Mother Alfonso, and she considered herself a failure. We were coming into Hawthorne Station. I shall go up to Rosary Hill and say farewell to Mother Alfonso. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 
10524. And so, In closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.